Welcome to Swift Unscripted. Here we are with another Swift podcast to give you, the listener, the opportunity to hear the inside story and be part of the conversation about all means all with leaders in the field of inclusive education and school-wide transformation. We are at the Swift National Leadership Consortium in Kansas City, Missouri. We are spending this time with partner state leaders from Mississippi, New Hampshire, Vermont, Maryland, and Oregon. Today, we are recording a live podcast on the topic of school-wide transformation in Mississippi, and our guest today is Dr. Andrea Mayfield. She is the SEA coordinator in Mississippi for the SWIFT Center. So, Andrea, can you describe your role with the SWIFT Center? Well, actually, um, I work with all of the schools in Mississippi. There are 16 schools in the state, and so I provide technical assistance to those schools in helping them to transform their practices, and so they can align their practices along with the SWIFT framework. Excellent. And, okay, you, I, we both mentioned SEA coordinator. What does SEA stand for? It's the... State Education Agency, I think, right? Yes. <laughs> state Education Agency. Yes, absolutely. That's right. So you're the State Education Agency Coordinator um, in Mississippi for SWIFT. So that means you work with State Department of Education and also local school districts? Yes. So I work with the State Department, and um, I also work with all of the leaders in the different schools. So superintendents, principals, uh, teachers. How about families, community members? Yes, I do have some part in that if I'm attending some of the school functions and um, trying to make sure that families understand about the SWIFT uh, framework and also what kind of role they can play in the implementation process. And what is um, what does all mean all to you? Exactly what it says. All means all. You know, and sometimes when we first introduced SWIFT to our districts, they really thought about it, again, just looking at um, this one particular population, special ed. But we want to just really expand upon that, not just special education students, but we're talking about ELL students. We're talking about those students from poverty, no matter what their disability, whether it has been identified through federal law or not. We're talking about all students, making sure that they can be included and being included in their home schools. So which is a big thing because we have a lot of districts set up where they serve as students, um, depending on their disability in other population or other school sites. So we're trying to create inclusive schools where we're really talking about no matter what the issue is, that all school, all children can be served at their home school. Wow. And how many schools are you working with? 16. 16. Um, and I know there's a tool that SWIFT uses, and I think you've been probably working with schools to use this tool to evaluate their current practices, the yes. Fidelity Integrity Assessment, the FIA? Yes. So actually, I can talk about two tools, the FIT tool and the FIA. So when we're using the FIT tool, we're using that as our view. So we can come in, we can look at their practices, and we can say, hey, this is what we see, we see you're doing that's aligned to the SWIFT framework. However, when schools do the FIA, that's their voice. That's like their self-assessment. Uh-huh. And it says, this is what we see. And so we can have a comparison when we're looking at those domains and features to actually say, yes, you are, or where's the opportunity so we can do even better work in those areas. And so what are some of the themes you're finding? What's some of the good things that I'm finding, even if I look at fit and feel when I'm comparing both of them, 
that we have good administrative leadership. And so uh, even even at the district level, I think which plays a, a good part is that the district leadership team has really caught into the vision, has bought into it. So they're setting a model and expectation for their schools to do the same. So if the district leadership team is saying, hey, we see this as a good thing, a good practice, and we're expecting our schools to do it, then we have easier buy-in from our principals to kind of buy into it and their leadership teams to do it. So looking at both tools, I see that it's really, really good um, administrative leadership. But I also see opportunities for us to do um, more intensive work around our MTSS. So again, And MTSS stands for? The Multi-Tier Systems of Support. Okay. And so even in Mississippi, we use the term RTI or the response to intervention, which really mirrors that multi-tiered system of support. And so sometimes districts really think they're doing good things or they think they're really digging deep down to those students' level. When they're looking at those questionnaires or the, the questions from the FIA or the FIT, it helps them to, re- to drill down to those minute pieces so they can see, oh, here's actually some, something that we really haven't considered or something we really need to do to even get better. So we, I see opportunities in that area for them to do better. And- all 16 schools have gone through this process of identifying their own opportunities for growth? Yes, they have. They have a rubric, and they can they can look at the bullet points under each one that says, here are the things to have a three, this is what you have to have. Here are the areas, if you're a two, this is what you have to have. Mm-hmm. And so other than them kind of thinking, well, then maybe, you know, going into the gray areas and helping the schools to understand it's not about an evaluation But it's more of a true picture of where you are in your practices and what things Mm -hmm. you can do to to improve or sustain those practices. Mm -hmm. Now, um, okay, so there's Mississippi, again, is one of five states, and there's an original 67 schools, I believe, in the five states who are implementing the SWIFT practices. And they're all having to do the FIA and the FIT Mm -hmm. and... um, what kind of advice do you have? Because I know that Mississippi's done a stellar job in gathering that kind of data. What Do you have advice for other schools around the country who are also implementing the FIT and the FIA? So are you asking like around the administration of it or actually looking at the data that comes out of it? So for, for the administration, so we have FIT assessors. Okay. So they come in. And so the best thing schools can do just to be aware of uh, what the team is looking for. So they, there is a, um, a preparation guide that we give schools because sometimes they think we're coming in again. It's not about being evaluated. Mm-hmm. It's about looking at where you are according to this framework. And so once they have the understanding that this is a tool to help you to get better and help them to prepare, you know, let, let them know what the day looks like. Because we can design the schedule so we have, you know, less uh, interrupted time into the instructional day, which, you know, principals, that's the biggest thing, that they don't want this interruption to the instructional day. And so we can do that, help them to be prepared and, you know, help them to understand what type of questions or documentations or what the things that we're looking for. And so once they understand that and they understand that this fear, their self-assessment, how it kind of mirrors that and it's their self-assessment and it's not left up. This is just our view and work. We're telling you what you need to do. But that field allows them to go through this process as a leadership team and to ask these questions, not only just to ask the question to find where they are, 
but it generates so much conversation because you have people on this leadership team. Sometimes, you know, even within your own school, just take for an elementary school, you may be in a pre-K to a second grade, and then you have teachers from third grade to fifth. They have like different expectations, different knowledge, different programs. And so bringing those, everybody together around the table, they found out so much information about their own school that sometimes they just don't know. And so it gives them an opportunity to really know what are the things that are going in, in my school or I didn't know that. And just bringing about an awareness and bringing about also more um just being a, a good team member because then you get to draw on everybody's levels of expertise and knowledge to really build this framework or really build these good uh, research-based practices that you want in your school. Well, it sounds like things are going really well because I know today we heard the, the test scores in Mississippi's fourth grade. For the NAEP. Yes. Yeah, tell, tell us about that. So, yes, there was an increase in the fourth grade scores and said so they were leading Leading the way across the state, which was really good because we know um, over time, research has shown that Mississippi has been at the bottom, but we're making uh, great strides. And I think we attribute a lot of that to like the reorganization of the, um, the state leadership team. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. the state has gone through, uh, through a reorg and um, identifying, you know, which people... Um, can be at which department, what kind of things they can be responsible for. And then each department also has had the opportunity to even uh, expand their capacity to really help. So they're trying to really move from being a compliance model to really being a service delivery model. Mm. Um, now, the, those fourth grade scores, they rose for all students, but particularly they rose for students with disabilities. Yes, those students with disabilities. So our um, even our special education director, um, Gretchen Cagle, uh, one thing she has done, she said when she looked at her staff, she had a staff of 51 people. And out of the 51 people, she had about 30 people just attending just to like the financial side. And three people who were just out giving technical assist, assistance. So you see how out of balance uh-huh, uh-huh. that was. And so what she did, she was able to create positions where she looked for content-specific people to fill those positions and go out to get, you know, give the TA to the district. And then partnering because of SWIFT and our state leadership team that we're meeting. So we have all these directors at the table talking about how do we support our schools. So having those conversations and then making sure that we are partnering with them in if they're having um, PDs or whatever they're doing. So like we had a school improvement conference this summer. So, you know, we worked hard to make sure our SWIFT schools were there because some of the same pieces that they were talking about were in that SWIFT framework. And so that's the beauty about the SWIFT framework because it's the work that you're doing anyway. And so having those partnerships and making sure that the right people are at the table or that we're giving that uh, professional development or technical assistance was real key in kind of helping those students to move move the needle on the scores. Yeah. Um, How about some of the issues that might be a little bit unique to Mississippi compared to other states like New Hampshire and Vermont uh, uh, around race? I mean, what are some of the issues that you are seeing around disproportionality? Well, the unique thing about the way they they chose the SWIFT districts in Mississippi, two of the SWIFT districts were under conservatorship. 
Well, three of them. What does that mean? But two of them consolidated. So they were taken over by the state. So they look at their, either they were taken over because of academics or because of financial failure. And so that means they put a person in there appointed by the state to run the district. So there was no superintendent and there was no school board. Just this one person, okay, that was running these school districts. And so uh, two other districts that were under conservatorship, they consolidated. The other district that was chosen to participate in the SWIFT framework was a district that had a, a justice decree. And so it, it, was, it, it, had, it was written up that they were just like a pipeline to prison because they were suspending all of these students, in particular students of color. They were being suspended, and some of them were dropping out of school. So these schools really needed some support. Mm-hmm. And also, when we looked at the three that were under conservatorship, were really in rural districts. So they were in these rural districts. So we're looking at students who had uh, there was high poverty, or most of the school students. When you look at the um, the numbers, maybe ninety, eighty five to ninety percent of those students were on free and reduced lunch. Hmm. So there were some challenges to be had. Yeah, I'll say. And so when you look at uh, districts like that, um, and then they're closer to other, you know, bigger districts, maybe like the, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, well, like an urban district, they were closer. Most of your talent, when you're looking at teachers, they had a choice. They're not coming to the rural district. So most of them, so they were, they were just grasping at what they had. And then they had to, some district had to depend on one in particular on Teach for America, you know, teachers. And, you know, a lot of times they get in there, by the time you get them trained and put effort and time into PD and they learn the culture, then they're gone. So the turnover was an issue, too. So we had some challenges being in those small districts, not having the funding, you know, to do some of the things. If you were a school that that was in a failing district and you became a SIG school, then they poured lots of money into your district. So you had money, you know, maybe to hire additional personnel. But if you were in these rural school districts, you just struggled. So did these districts, I mean, were they willing partners with SWIFT, or were they sort of assigned to the SWIFT Center? And, Both. Okay. They, the state looked at them and said, okay, here's the opportunity, a way for us to provide some support uh-huh. to them. Uh-huh. So, but then, but they were brought in, you know, for the discussion to hear everything about SWIFT and then decide, yes, you know, this is what we want to do. So it was yeah. kind of two way. Yeah. We chose you. We chose you, you. Gave you the opportunity to say, yes, we're, we're going to be with you. Yes or no, but they said yes. But at the same time, like I said, those districts that were under conservatorship, yeah, those were people appointed by the state. However, in that time, they have come from under conservative. Now they have a superintendent and a school board. So those new superintendents inherited SWIFT. Uh-huh. So how do you think it's going now? It's going okay because um, when those new superintendents came on board, it was really important that I contacted them and sat down and said, okay, this is what you inherited. Mm-hmm. So having that conversation and with the two that inherited SWIFT, when they looked at the framework, they both were like, this is our work. It was like a no-brainer for them. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Mayfield, do you think that your role as a leader and a leader of color has um, been influential in in Mississippi agreeing to move forward with this initiative? I would think so. Okay. I would think so because when it, you, well... You, not that I can care about the race or color, because 
can you tell I get along with everyone? <laughs> I just love to talk. But I do think sometimes when you come in from a rural district and then you have, you know, your, if you're, most of your population of students are African-American, then you may have teachers and then you have leaders that are African-American. Sometimes that would make a difference. Although in one of my districts, it was, you know, the district was um, predominantly African-American, but the conservative was not. But he was, you know, but he was wonderful with them, and they loved and respected him and hated to see him go. Mm-hmm. So I, I really think it really boils down to relationships, and I think that is just the key to it. Yeah, we're certainly learning that. Um, so five years from now, where do you think these 16 districts are going to be in Mississippi? What do you predict? I hope they're excelling <laughs> because um, just like now we hear, you know, at this consortium, um, we have most of our state leadership team here in Mississippi. So that's a start to talk about how do we sustain the practices. So it's not about just me being at the table and one other person like it's been before because we've had, we're committed ourselves to having our SWIFT state monthly meeting and everybody has been invested and now we're understanding the framework we're, we're looking at how do we support schools. So and every, how, how are you supporting schools? Can you give us a couple of sort of concrete examples that our listeners can you know, be able to imagine? You know, what, it, what does that mean to support a school? So do you mean like through SWIFT or just the State Department? Well, either way, what are, what are schools receiving now? How are, you know, in order to support their changing practices? So I think one thing is um, that, like I said, because we, our departments have really focused in on trying to be a service delivery model and really paying attention to the needs of the school. So providing, you know, professional development and training, um, you know, offering them a menu of services and saying, okay, this is what we do have. You know, not only just providing those training, but trying to do them regionally and even just coming within a district to provide that training for those specific schools and having them to be able to request, you know, a specific training. Because now, again, just talking again about the special ed, they have more content specific. You have a person who really has the content knowledge around autism. So that person can really, you know, they can reach out. A school can say, well, I'm just not talking to just a generic person. Here's a specialist in this area. Here's someone I have just for... Uh, my blind population, you know, so they they have specific content specific people to provide, you know, professional development. And we also started, you know, just like the superintendent's academy. So when we had new superintendents who's coming on board, we bring them in and say, OK, this is, you know, here's the call. This is what we're doing. This is what we are. This is how some things that you can do. To get your district on track, not just leaving it up to you and you kind of find your own mentor or somebody to reach out to. So what they're doing, they're trying to really provide services for, you know, districts, for school, for leaders to really come together and talk about what is it that the state is trying to do. And so the state has put out, this is our vision. So every time we go out to do a training, every state person, they have to have, you know, the PowerPoint to say, this is the vision and this is the mission. And here are the things that we're looking at. And, and so in that, they're making that, they're branding themselves. Right. And, and in that vision and in that mission is the message of all means all. Yes. 
That Mm -hmm. is a beautiful thing. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, Dr. Mayfield, we don't want to take you away for too long from your state team and all the work they're doing as uh, part of this National Leadership Consortium. Uh, But I just want to know, is there anything you want to tell our listeners before we sign off here? Um, I think SWIFT is wonderful, and we're just looking forward to the scaling up because that's next on the list. So even though we have identified these 16 schools, um, with the great work that we're doing and how we're spotlighting SWIFT, we're we're sure that they're just going to be so many raising their hands to just be a part of this great work. Well, would you be willing to come back and tell us all about that scaling up business? All All right. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. If you'd like to know more about what's happening with our SWIFT partner schools around the country, just go to swiftschools.org. We've got uh, resources, accessible resources available for people to download and share. We've got uh, a community of practice called SWIFT Talk. We'd love you to join in and join in our conversation. Uh, the conversation about all means all. SWIFT is a national K-8 through center that provides academic and behavioral support to promote the learning and academic achievement of all students, including students with disabilities and those with the most extensive needs. Thanks for listening.